0: No checklist completed is going to save you. No bucket list is going to save you. No amount of blood, sweat, and tears that you've poured out in your life is going to save you. No amount of cash or worldly possessions is going to save you. You can't take it with you. You'll be dead. Buddha can't save you. Gandhi can't enlighten you. The Pope can't absolve your sins. The saints can't pray you into eternal life. Muhammad can't fix you. Allah isn't able. No president, no legislation, no Supreme Court justice, no state or nation or leader or celebrity, no one can save you because there is salvation in no one else. That is correct. There's salvation in nobody but Jesus. Hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. Um, if you caught my last one. You probably caught me in a state of, uh, tiredness and, uh, didn't really know what to say about the whole shaman thing. Um, but I'm getting back on track with this one, actually with the Tom Rainier thing, with the Tom Rainier article. It began with a tweet that I saw. Um, and so, uh, Tom Rainier, if you don't know who that is, he, um long time uh southern baptist guy he's uh like a church growth guru um uh and uh, a lot of like business model kind of stuff um stuff that i'm not i don't really like <laughs> frankly um uh, i think there's a lot of uh, there's some things that he he's put out that make good sense um they're practical uh but uh, but either way, long story short, what, what caught my attention wasn't who it was necessarily, but, um, when you couple that with what he said, uh, um, uh, threw me for a loop. So, but if you're already jumping into this, you likely already know what this is about. I saw a tweet a while back Uh, And there it led to an article uh, in which Tom Rainier asked everyone who would ever read the article politely to please destroy every sermon that I've ever preached um, because I'm not I wasn't good at it. And he listed five reasons why this is what the first uh, bit of the article was before he got into the reasons. If you don't remember, I have it up on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, obviously, you know that, but I'm going to read it. Tom Rainier says, um, I served as a pastor of four churches and, and as an interim pastor of nine churches. Many of the churches recorded my sermons. Uh, and distributed them via cassette tapes. There are a lot of my sermons out there. I cringe thinking about someone listening to them today. Uh, I am not, nor was I ever a good preacher. My words are not those of false humility. They are frank reflections of reality. Here are some of the reasons my past sermons are really bad. And uh, he goes on to list uh, uh, five reasons and I'm going through each one of those reasons. I've gone through the first one, which was I did not deal with the biblical text sufficiently. That was his first reason, and we talked about that in the uh, previous uh, episode uh, about uh, this article, so you could find that. I think it was actually a couple of episodes ago, Um, but you can find that um, dealing with the biblical text sufficiently, uh, and then this next one, though, the next one that he uh, has is that he used too many illustrations. Here's the paragraph um, of, uh, that he wrote uh, regarding the illustrations. He says, my sermons had too many illustrations. One of the reasons I did not deal well with the biblical text was my overdependence on illustrations. I told too many stories instead of dealing with God's story. There's a lot here that we could talk about. First of all, the uh, illustrations are not a bad thing. They're not a bad thing. In fact, they're a good thing. They're actually even a necessary thing, I would say. Um, there, the 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 problem occurs, and a lot of times, what you what you'll have, and I suspect this is probably I don't I haven't even I think heard one Tom Rainier sermon in my whole life, so I'm not really talking about Tom. I'm I'm talking about this problem that Tom has brought up more than anything. Um, but, but one of the, the themes that you'll hear uh, in a lot of preaching is illustration after illustration after illustration. Um, and the illustrations are, uh, you know, the, the worst of the worst is that, is that there are, there are, uh, two thirds of any sermon is the illustrations. And all of the illustrations are about the preacher and his dog, or his family, or his kids, or their sports games, or whatever. Or um, when all of the illustrations are about that guy, or, um, you know, or about everybody's. Uh, everybody in the church's favorite football team or those kinds of things it i mean th- there there are certain illustrations that actually uh, can be used to really drive in the point i'll give you an example here's an illustration uh, of an illustration um a few years back i i preached um and it was a topical sermon which is irregular uh for us but it was a topical sermon specifically to address um abortion and in that sermon, um, I, I wanted essentially to make two points, period, right? And the two points were abortion is murder and therefore um, uh, 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 a sin of the highest order, a sin that in the Old Testament you would have been executed. And frankly, I believe uh, 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 before the Old Testament, God gave this a life for life kind of thing to Noah. Um, And so before the Mosaic law, before Leviticus, before all of these things, we actually have God instituting corporal punishment for the taking of an image bearer of God, for for the ending of the life of the image bearer of God. That's that's just part of who God is. When when you you uh, kill an image bearer of God, um, when you take that life, um, then you forfeit yours. That's that's how the Bible works. That's that's what the the the, the law of God requires. Um, and you see that all over the place. That's that's not new. That's not. Um, odd to bring that up. And so when I, I I wanted to get that point across that, that abortion is murder. Okay. But I also wanted to get across, you can't have law without gospel. That's just Pharisees, right? I also wanted to get across that, look, if, if you have participated in abortion, if you have, uh, if, if you're, you know, for instance, if you're, if you were an abortionist, if you, um, uh, had an abortion, if you pressured a girlfriend to have an abortion, if you paid for a daughter to have an abortion, whatever the scenario, if, if that's you, then, then, um, then the cross of Jesus Christ is infinitely bigger than your sin and 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 forgiveness can be found in Christ and 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 um so i wanted to get both law and gospel in it um and as a part of driving the point home um i i told a story about essentially about when donna and i were pregnant with uh dallas um actually i wasn't pregnant just donna was um, it's a whole new world. So I need to clarify that. Um, it's actually not a new world. It's just, a, a, the old world that people are confused about. Um, but so Donna, Donna was pregnant with Dallas, our oldest, if you don't know us, he's, he's a teenager now. Um, so this is a while back and he, um, he had a, a spot up in his brain. And we were not super far along with the pregnancy, uh, long far enough along we could get ultrasounds and see baby and that kind of thing. Um, and so anyway, the people on base sent us to a specialist and we went to the specialist. This is, I was stationed in Southern California um, and at 29 Palms. So we went to see a specialist and the specialist told um, us, look, this is probably, uh, a, this can be, Uh, fatal this might not be good he might turn turn out to be mentally handicapped this could anyway he gave this huge list of reasons and um and essentially of why it it might be um worth for the child's sake (laughs) to terminate the pregnancy and uh i mean donna and i were uh growing then for sure and immature as christians but we were christians right and and we knew like no no that this guy's crazy but but we've just been told essentially that our boy is probably going to die um like that this he's he's either going to die or he won't live very long or or he's he's probably going to be handicapped in some way that that's severe or whatever. Um and I forget all the terminology the doctor used, but but when he left, I remember feeling like wow, that was a ton of bricks. Um and and I I remember asking him to leave so that we could talk about it cuz he was just going to sit stay there in the room and wait for us to make a decision. Um I remember uh, asking him to leave so we could talk and he left and um and we didn't really talk much we just i held donna and she cried and um and then uh, came back in after a few minutes and um and he we made it clear like abortion is not a thing like we're not going to terminate the pregnancy doesn't matter what is going on <laughs> right um like that's not on the table so what what else what's what are we looking at you know um and and his it's his tone i remember his tone changing and he he then before we left he talked about how Um, A lot of times this spot does just disappear on its own and it goes away and there's a good chance that he could just be completely normal. And, and I like, I, I still remember again, immature young Marine, but, but I still remember in that moment being so furious, like all of a sudden this rage came on me because this man had just Told us that that um, this wasn't gonna go well. Um, in order to get us to terminate the pregnancy, and then after we say we're not doing that, he comes in and says, "Well, it'll probably be it'll it'll buff out, <laughs> you know." And so, like I'm, like we just went through a, a pretty crazy roller coaster there, right? And I'm first child, we're inexperienced, didn't know anything. Um, and anyway, so this, that was, that was an experience and, and, and I, it took me quite a while to realize it because I was naive then I didn't know what was going on in culture as much. And, um, but, but as I look back, I, I mean, very, very clearly and vividly, this man was attempting to sell Donna and I an abortion. He was attempting to make some quick cash and, 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 um, and sell, uh, sell us an abortion by telling us that our son probably wouldn't live very long or he would not be, uh, he would be, um, uh, mentally handicapped or, uh, he might die. It might, you know, might be a, a miscarriage anyway and that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, Dallas is fine. He was, uh, with me this morning at men's Bible study. Uh, ironically, uh, talking with all of us, uh, about the sovereignty of God. We were in Romans nine. So, um, take that you abortionist, you, um, but like, so I told that illustration in that sermon and, and that is a, a rare example where I I'll tell an actual story from my life. Um, that doesn't happen often when it happens. It's because the, the, the experience in the story is too good of a fit and it just makes sense to say it. Um, another example is when I was in Afghanistan, there was, a um, when, when I'm, uh, so like if I were going to talk to anyone, uh, on like a veterans day thing or something like that, um, there's a story, uh, that I would tell um, about, uh, a, a master sergeant in Afghanistan. I'm not going to do names and all that. I do when I, when I preached, uh, about it, but, um, but a master sergeant in Afghanistan, he was part of the, um, uh, it was part of a recon, um, group that was attached to a company. That's the word I was looking for. It's been a while. Um, He was part of a recon company that was attached to us, um, in Afghanistan. We were in the Helmand province, um, at Camp Fiddler's Green, which actually doesn't even exist anymore. It's just a desert again now. Um, and there was one time that he went, um, uh, he and I got into an argument. We'll just say it that way. It wasn't even a big argument. It was like, he said something, uh, Uh, mean, and I was sarcastic back. I know that's hard to, that's hard to grasp. Um, And then he was even more mad. And then I just kind of marched off, you know, but, but, but it was, it was not right of me. It was sinful of me to act in that way, particularly because he was a master sergeant and I was a, a Lance corporal at the time, uh, which is, a big difference right in rank so i like i was i was a bit hot headed right at the, <laughs> in that situation and um i remember man I was mad at him all day, and I just decided not to like him anymore kind of a thing and then um he uh he and some of their uh i think it was a couple of uh vehicles they went out in some humvees that same evening. And, um, hit an IED and he died. And, um, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't share, uh, the same details on this, uh, podcast that I would share in, uh, real life, uh, telling the story. It's a little longer than that, but, but the moral of that story in my life is, is it's like those, those moments those moments matter. Um, and those moments when when you have an opportunity to either display Christ and Him crucified, to either display the gospel of Christ um, or uh, act just like the rest of the world and not make a difference at all. When you have those moments, you have an, uh, an option at, at any given moment to be an evangelist to this person or that person, or to, to jab it in just a little bit more like the rest of the world would. And when you choose to jab it in a little bit more, you don't know what the future holds. And I, I don't want to go through what I went through ever again. Um, and, and the sad fact of the matter is, I mean, I, I know that I miss evangelism opportunities, um, on the regular. I mean, I know that I do, but, but that hit me. And that's still hard when I think about it, um, because I don't know if he was a Christian. I actually highly doubt that he was a Christian, um, given the little that I know, um, or my experience. And and I um, that hurt. And so that that is another um, illustration that I have in uh, preaching scenarios used. That is a story from my own experience. Um, but by and large, that is not a good idea because what, one of the things, one of the dangerous things about that is, um, that you could very easily and very quickly end up being, uh, sort of the star of the show, right? Uh, like when I tell that story, um, I have to, I, I I'll have to work extra hard to make sure that, um, the gospel is the center of attention because when you tell that kind of story, especially the Afghanistan one, when you tell that kind of story, um, people people might just walk away from that, going, "Oh wow, I can't believe that happened to you," and blah blah blah. You know, like and the focus is on you, and and they might not even get the message that was that was there. So so um, the 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 story has to um, be delicately balanced. In such a way that the thrust of the message, that the text of the scriptures, that God's word is still the thing that people remember and that the star of the show remains to be God and is not the preacher. And that's what's so hard about illustrations about you when you're preaching, um, because uh, you you almost always run that risk of of people simply walking away remembering the story you told about you um and i don't when when people leave um on sunday mornings i mean i might get a good job good word today good sermon whatever and and i get that um but uh but what i don't want is for people to walk away with me on their mind um, with that story, I told about me on their mind i i i want if 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 there 's anything from me that I want people to remember it 's when i 'm quoting scripture or saying something that 's scripturally true <laughs> that 's what i that 's what you want as a preacher right and so um so i I attempt uh as best i can to stay away from um stories about me um it happens sometimes and it's okay sometimes it's not like you better never do that or you're not a christian or whatever but um but uh, there are instances where it's okay and good but but by and large i think the best illustrations um tend to come from the bible <laughs> um and and that might sound really cliche and uh and um uh you know like a letdown a little bit, but, uh, but a lot of the, the illustrations that you might use to illustrate something in the new Testament, if you're preaching, we've just been preaching through Matthew, um, and, uh, and actually Lord willing this, this, um, this coming Sunday that's over. Uh, it's like the ending of an era. Um, and then we're going to be in Ephesians, which I'm really excited about, but, um, but we've been in Matthew, we're getting ready to move into Ephesians, and they're especially getting into Ephesians, it's we're out of the narratives, right, for the most part. And so when we get into Ephesians, it's going to be biblical truth, biblical truth, biblical truth, command, command, imperative, it, like, <laughs> it's, it's a, um, it's a different animal preaching uh, those kinds of things, rather than like the narratives that are in the Gospels. And so um, when when you get to um, a, a, a scriptural truth, like I'll just flip to Ephesians just real quick. Um, uh, let's see. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us uh, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. By predestining us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. And you could go on and on and on. And, and already I've I've passed several things that could take you back to um an, an actual illustration from a narrative, from a story still in the Word of God. And so first and foremost, that's the go-to. That has to be the go-to. Um that's that's the 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 reflex. Of the preacher, I'm convinced should be if if we are uh, in um, the scriptures in Him we have redemption through His blood. We might go all the way back uh, if I'm focused on through His blood uh, forgiveness of our transgressions. It, like if I'm going to focus on something like that, um, I I might go all the way back to uh, forgiveness or atonement in uh, the Old Testament. In the the Torah, right, in the the Pentateuch, um, to illustrate that this is different, this is the completion of that. I might I might then go to Hebrews to illustrate further um, that that out with the old, in with the new, kind of a thing, like that. This was the completion of that, um, but. Uh, but the, So the first thing that that I attempt to do is to use the scripture to illustrate the scripture. Um, and you're always incredibly safe doing that because, well, it's all God's word. So <laughs> as long as you're illustrating a narrative that is in context, then you're not taking some narrative in Exodus out of its context to illustrate a point. Um, obviously, that's, that's what Satan did uh, when he was tempting Christ, is misuse the scriptures. And you can do that too you're not careful, but, um, so that's, that's the, the first thing is to use scripture then. And then, you know, I, I I think too, um, knowing your congregation, knowing your audience to use the speech word, um, is super important. Um, because you're going to know what kind of things will hit them specifically because you know them. Um, not in an attempt to manipulate emotion, but because you know them. You know what they're going through. Uh, you know where they're at in life. You know what their story is, where they've come from. Um, and so knowing that, you you might be able to use a quick metaphor that isn't necessarily in the Bible to illustrate um, a biblical truth. And that is also a good thing. Um, I, I mean, the, uh, you can't, you can't read, um, uh, anything from the Puritans without dripping from metaphor and illustration as they're, as they're attempting to use those things to cut you to the heart. Um, and I think of, uh, Charles Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, the, the Prince of Preachers, right? I mean, he, uh, he he did this all the time um it was he he made he he would proclaim biblical truth this is the idea you would proclaim biblical truth and then say something that they'll understand to put it in perspective for them so that they get the truth that the bible is saying and that they get it with the same weight that is being stated in the scriptures. And so then it's almost like that one-two punch and it, it will actually get you into the heart. So the the word itself might get, get into your intellect, but then maybe a short story, whether it's from the scriptures or not, maybe a short metaphor, comparison, something that they're going to understand. Maybe that's the thing that, that then gets it and jams it into their heart so that... Um, so that it's a head and a heart thing. Stories are really good for heart things. That's why music is so powerful. Um, well, one of the reasons that music is so powerful. Um, but Tom Rainier says here, my sermons had too many illustrations. And I mean, that that is regardless of what kind of illustration you're using, that that can be a problem. Um, and I I don't I guess I don't analyze my own preaching all the time, but um, I, I, if I had to guess, and maybe if you're from our church and you're watching this, you could uh, comment. And if it's, if it, uh, if it's, uh, you could comment and, and tell me if I'm lying or not, you're the people that listen all the time. But, um, but I think if I, uh, uh, veered one way or the other on that, I, I feel like I would probably veer into maybe not even having enough, illust- not, not having enough illustration um or very little illustration um because i i tend i think anyway to spend most of my time um just walking through the text and then um attempting to proclaim the biblical truths from that text um and then the application i think tends to be the the place where if there's going to be illustration or that kind of Thing that it would be there. So I don't, I don't know I don't listen to me uh, but but some of you do so you can you can tell me if, if that's accurate or not I don't know but um, but you can certainly use too many illustrations. What people don't need to hear is how good of a storyteller you are. Um, if you're a, a, a preacher uh, people what what you need to understand is that actually this right here this is where the power is at. This is what people are actually there to hear. This is what people, even even if you're like the best preacher in the world, right? And you've got an amazing stage presence and you're just really good at communicating. And it's it's a crazy spiritual gift of yours. What you need then to do is to understand that even if they come to hear you, they've come needing to hear this. Right, that this word of God is the word of God. That, that there's nothing that you have to say that is um, that is weighty enough to take the place of this. That there's no uh, cool clothes you can wear, nothing that you have rattling around in your head that is worthy of taking um, of, of taking uh, place of the word of God. And so, uh, too many illustrations are just you standing up there telling stories and stuff. And it's not its not digging into the text. The point of preaching. Um, John Piper wrote a book that is really good. Um, wrote a book some years ago, um, not too many years ago, but it's called Expository Exaltation. And he talks about preaching as worship uh, in, in that book. And the point of preaching is worship. And, uh, it's, a, it's a super good book. Even if you're not a preacher, it's a great book to, to read. So I would recommend that to you. Um, but expository exaltation. And in that book there, there are, um, he really paints a wonderful picture of the purpose for preaching and, um, it is to be worshiped. It is to be worshipped, to to preach and proclaim the gospel of Christ, to proclaim the words of God, and when when um, when you stand in front of people and preach, um, even though it has to be conscious and intentional of a decision every week, um, I you just have to go up there you just have to go up there with um, being intentional and and stating that I this is not about me father help it not be about me get me out of my mind, rip me out of my mind right now and and help me just be filled with you and care about you and care that these people hear from your word because you're infinitely more than me. They don't need to hear from me. I'm not that good at anything. If anything good happens here at all, it's your fault. And so you kind of have to put that mindset in yourself. You have to pray that way before you have to beg God to get you out of the way um and and that's the only time that you'll be used for God uh in in a in any kind of great way I think and any any kind of way that that you you know any sermon that you might have actually touches people and cuts people to the heart it's not going to be because you were awesome that day it's going to be because despite you being a complete idiot that day God chose to use you because he's awesome that day, um, and every day and every moment. And so you, there's, there's, uh, when you preach, I said all that, I started preaching just then even. Um, but when, when, when you preach, um, this has to be the focus, this has to be the focus. This has to be the thing that you're jumping into the thing that you're attempting to dissect. It has to be the Bible because, uh, people don't need your advice people don't need my advice. I'm not that smart. People don't need my advice. There's a, uh, like a 19 or 20 year old kid at our church that knows infinitely more facts about things than I do. Um, and, uh, like, I'm not, I'm not that bright. Right. But, um, but this is, this is God's mind. Right. The, 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 the bits of it that he knows we can handle without exploding are right here in this word. And so um, this is the important thing. And if I spend um, all of my time in illustrations and four minutes in these two verses we're looking at today, um, then I've I've failed. Because the sermon has actually not been about God or the scriptures at all. Um, some years ago, uh, when I was kind of learning to preach, there was a, um, uh, preacher suggested to me, you know, when you're kind of first learning to preach and learning how to put a sermon together and those kinds of things. Anyway, I ran across this guy, um, who was like, you, you want to learn how to, how to get your, uh, sermons done, uh, by Monday. And just have it done throughout the week, and not have that pressure. And da 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 da. Um, and I forget the formula because it's been a long time ago. But but it was essentially uh, ten minutes of introduction, ten minutes of exposition, and ten minutes of application. Is is what he shot for, and he had like a formula that he that he tried to do, um, where it was like uh, a one two punch in the introduction. So there was like one thing, a a, a short illustration that built on another short point to be made illustration wise or whatever, that built on kind of a, that, that ended in a punchline that like the one point of the whole sermon is bam. And then he would get into a text. But then what I noticed as I listened to him is that even in that 10 minutes um, of exposition, um, there was about five minutes of, Story this and metaphor that and whatever. And there was actually very little exposition of the text. There was very little actually talking about what the Bible had to say. It was a whole lot more, um, uh, this is going to be sarcastic and maybe on purpose. It's late. I don't have a family. (laughs) Anyway, but but it was, it was almost more like Joel Osteen self-help, like, hey, come here for eight weeks to a better marriage kind of preaching, which is complete hooey. What people need is not, not your advice on a better marriage preacher. What people need is God's advice on, I don't know, whatever's next in the book you're walking through. That's what people need. And, and uh, we, we just have to stick in the word. Um, illustrations are really powerful and it is really difficult. One of the most difficult things I think is, um, is kind of that, um, that balance, like, where do you use them and how long there, there've been times that I've been in, in, uh, a new Testament narrative and gone back and read a whole chapter in the old Testament to get a certain point across to paint a certain picture. And it's just, it, every week is a little different, honestly. Um, but I get what, I get what, uh, Tom is saying here. And, and I think, um, going back to his, his first reason, I think a lot of these five reasons, what we're going to discover is that they're kind of interdependent upon one another. None of them is a, alone. Right. So, um, he, he talked about, uh, him not dealing with the text sufficiently, but that's probably because he was, uh, over-dependent on, um, uh, illustrations and, um, and not only that, but, but one of, uh, one of his that we'll get to is some of my sermons reflected insufficient preparation and that insufficient preparation would, if you're a storyteller and you're pretty good at that, that would lead you to not deal with the text sufficiently and rely on illustrations too often um it would actually cause that if you didn't spend enough time digging into it and um and then his last one which we'll always get to also get to is i did not give sermons priority in my ministry um and this also is uh um a this uh, one that we're dealing with today is also one of the um the outpourings one of the things that follow logically that if sermons are not um where they should be as far as priority in the ministry and and if uh then then you will likely um everything else will always trump sermon prep time and so you won't spend enough time preparing and so well now we have a bigger problem now i'm going to just rely on the stuff that i uh, no, I can just go up there and wing if I have to or whatever. So it's like, it's all of these things are really interconnected a little bit, but, um, over-dependence on illustrations. Um, I told too many stories instead of dealing with God's story. Amen, brother. That is, that is the goal. That is the point that, and it should always be the point is dealing with what is in God's revealed word. Um, and the further that we stray from that, uh, the less we've even preached in the first place. So anyway, I hope that this has been helpful for you. And if you're not a preacher, I hope it was still entertaining or helpful in some way or whatever, but, um, I hope you have a wonderful evening and God bless. And we'll see you next time.